Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Episode 18 of season two of the Manly Musings podcast. Uh, sorry, I sound like crap tonight. I'm getting over a little bit of a head cold. I blame my wife, who was sick last week and just decided to pass it on to me. Um, but tonight we bring back one of the quacks from uh, Two Quacks and a Panda, Mr. Chris Alico. So welcome back, Chris. Thanks for having me. Hey, well, your stupid team is in the Super Bowl, so I guess I guess we'd be nice to bring you on, right? I want to say before we continue, full disclosure, I'm being told this meeting is being recorded by the host or participant. By staying in this meeting, you consent to being recorded. I'm hitting got it, but I'm not consenting to being recorded. Well, too bad. So sad you are. Um, (laughs) We'll just tell Andrew to blur out your whole little section for the YouTube page. How's that? We will do that because now now that we don't do two quacks and a panda anymore, we've retired the show because Mike got too busy to spend time with me every week. Um, Panda went to law school and he's not my lawyer. Oh, that's so sad. That's like really sad. Yeah, I know. You guys, you guys lasted for like six episodes. I know. What a run. It's a great run. (laughs) What a run. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Kevin and I literally had no idea that we'd make it this far. We're at 70 episodes so far and we. Is this number 70 for, for officially? Yes. 18 plus 52. I gotta say, listen to all of them. I'm gonna stop you right there. Math and me don't get along together. That does not make any sense. I don't know math, so wow. You might be the first person of Asian descent that does not know math. Yeah, making history out here. Jeez, okay. Wow. Good for you, Kevin. All right. I've uh, listened to every episode, by the way, and my favorite ones are the ones where I mute it when Robbie's talking. Perfect. Those are my favorite ones. It's just like Kevin having a conversation with himself. It's great. Oh, my God. I appreciate you, sir. (laughs) So Andrew has to remake your bleep sound, too, now. Yeah, he lost it. He lost it from when you were talking about what I don't even remember. And I don't. Oh, we were talking about Deshaun Watson. Yes, Deshaun Watson. Don't repeat it. I'm not going to repeat it, but whoever wins the Super Bowl is going to go hang out with him for a weekend, I'm sure. (laughs) probably hang out with it antonio brown right now let's be honest you guys bring me on the show and kevin uh kevin you were at yoga is my understanding yes so you went to yoga to get all peaceful and zen and then you spend an hour with me it just sounds counterproductive i mean honestly it's okay because i didn't go to (laughs) yoga last week because i got stuck in traffic so whether you know i get riled up being up here with you, it's all good because I just need to get it in. So there you go. We're out here in these streets. Wow. Look <laughs> at you being so zen, Kevin. All right. Yes, sir. Should should we talk about the the biggest thing that happened in the sports world besides the Super Bowl before we jump into that? Sure. Because Kevin, you had thoughts, and I want to start with you. So what are your thoughts on Mr. Kyrie Irving? Now, officially, today it was made official that he is going to the Dallas Mavericks. It's a very interesting move just because I don't, number one, we don't know if he signed an extension. Um, Have we found that out yet? No, there's no talks about extension from what I've seen. Yeah, so basically, I'm looking at the Mavs and Mark Cuban. They're doing what they did with Paul George. 
when Paul George went to the Thunder. They're going to try him out, see what he can do, see if he can convince them to be there for longer. And if it's worth their while and it works out, they'll give an offer for him to stay. If it doesn't, you know, then they're not tied down to anything. So I think that's honestly what Cuban is looking to do. He's looking to try to find a partner for Luca. I mean, with Kyrie, there's many different, you know, pluses to it. He's never had a dynamic scorer uh, to play with before, like Kyrie. There's also a secondary, uh, secondary ball handler. Uh, so Luca doesn't have to play point guard all the time. He can play off the ball. You know, you have Kyrie who is going to Dallas. It's it's definitely wasn't one a, a team on my radar, but you know if he proves his worth and wants to stay there, maybe he'll take the money or whatever. But I know he's looking for like four years, the guaranteed max. Um, maybe he's just gonna use Dallas to play into a higher contract, but it will be definitely interesting to see. I think it's really going to be the key on what on what happens because I really definitely think the Mavs, worst comes to worst, if Kyrie walks, they now have a buttload of money to go after somebody else. So I I I kudos to the Mavs for trying to mix it up because I think we all know whoever if you ever watch the Mavs play, Luca needs some help and Mark got him help. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Oof. I don't like it. But I do like that the Nets owner said, screw you to Kyrie and didn't send him to L.A. like he wanted. I don't, um, but I, if I was the Nets owner, I would do the same exact thing. Hell no. Why would I, why would I try to make you happy while you've been making my organization hell? Well, it is funny because if you look and at... And I like what the Nets got in return. Yes, and also. they tried to flip Dinwiddle. Uh, Dinwiddie? Dinwiddie already for Fred Van Vliet. Um, no, that would be interesting. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet's not as good as I think he – everyone thinks he is. He's he's good, but not not that stellar of a player. He's a good good player on a good team. Um, I also think the Nets went out on this trade by far. Hundred percent. Dallas takes a loss because you lose two good, decent players. You lose a couple of draft picks, and you potentially lose a guy at the end of the year, unless you want to sign him to a massive extension. Because apparently, L.A. was going to offer Kyrie a two-year, eighty-plus million-dollar deal guaranteed, and Kyrie didn't want it. He wants a four-year, almost two hundred million-dollar deal. No, nah, I'm good. I don't. There shouldn't be a team out there that wants to actually pay that. But there's going to be. We all know that. That's the NBA. So they're going to be able to pay it. But it's just stupid money for, in my opinion, someone that's a headache at this point in his career. And he's a phenomenal basketball player. He's just a headache with other things. I agree with uh, Merritt there. I've got three thoughts. On oh, boy. Number one, it's been so long since I watched the NBA. I said, oh, my God, I'm going to get to see Kyrie play alongside Dirk. Come to find out Dirk's retired. Um, number two, he's going to find out really quick in the great old state of Texas that the world is not flat. 
Number three, Kyrie and Luca together would be a hell of a one-two punch, but I think they gave up too much in draft picks, which back sets them for what they're getting between the two of them together, losing a couple star players, losing some draft picks to build in the future. They would have been better off sticking with what they had and building through the draft. Yeah. It's also interesting because they had a lot of guys that are probably going to be up on with their contracts at the end of the year too. So there's just going to be a decent free agency pool coming up. A lot of guys are coming out of their contracts. So there's an interesting mold there, but they just went, ah, screw it. We'll take this guy. It just. But again, that's exactly why there's no, I don't think there's as much of a risk as people are thinking, because if Kyrie wants to walk, let him walk. That means there's that much salary they can use right. on somebody else if it doesn't work out. So I don't think necessarily, I mean, and you would hope that would work because, you know, you, you sent some draft picks and sent some good players away, but they didn't tie him down. So I think right. I'm not, I don't think I'm as worried as if I would be for other teams if they were to lock him in because truth be told, we don't know if this is going to work. They're, these are two guys that need the ball in their hands. Luca has that ball in his hands nearly 40% of the time. And the question is, is Kyrie willing to defer to Luca? This is Luca's team. You know, if he's willing to defer to Luca as this is his show, then, you know, we might be on to something. But if Kyrie's in his ways that he's going to be the number one guy, then we're going to, Dallas is going to be in trouble here. But I yeah. think. Kyrie has learned long enough that when, you know, biggest evidence when he left Cleveland for Boston, Kyrie's not a number one guy. He's a hell of a number two. So if he's cool with being a hell of a number two with Luca, who is a hell of a number one, I think it could work out. Um, I just, it's, we just got to see what's, it's got to see how it plays out right now. And worse comes to worse. Dallas is going to have enough money to try and get somebody like Giannis. It is also interesting because he goes from the number four team in the East, right, with the Nets, to now the number six team in the West with the Mavericks. True. How much better does Kyrie make the Mavericks? And how much better off are the Nets without Kyrie? Because now, now the Nets have to look at it as, all right, we got rid of our quote-unquote headache for the past three years that we've had him, right? He has never played a full season with the Nets due to injury, due to sitting out, due to whatever. How much better off are they without him? Now do the Nets turn around and say, hey, do we trade Durant? Because this will lead into my next point. Uh, Next thing that popped up this week is the Suns made a huge offer for Kyrie. None of them, I guess nothing was included. DeAndre Ayton wasn't included, nor was Malik Bridges. Chris Paul was included, and I and Jay, uh, Jay Crowder. Oh. Which, man, and a couple draft picks. Now, not big deal. We also forget that Morris, I think Markeith Morris or Marcus Morris, whichever one's on the net, went to Dallas too. So he's down there. That I think is a value add to Dallas as well, because he's a big guy who can play defense, shoots the three pretty well. And it's just a crazy SOB. We all know that the Morris twins are crazy people. Um, 
But now the Suns are apparently projecting to go after Durant. Who do you give up to get somebody that's Kyrie's here, Durant's up here with ability on the court. So it'll be interesting. interesting because if the Nets are the Nets are third right now in the East, you essentially are you you're pretty much essentially throwing away that seed when you when you throw away Durant unless you're going to get somebody with considerable value in return. There's, um, and there's not enough value on the on that Suns team to give up for Durant. Like I mean, if I were the Suns, I would have given up Mikael Bridges. I'd give them DeAndre Ayton and his crazy contract. I'd give maybe another somebody on the bench that's not playing, a young mm-hmm. guy, a couple draft picks, and then I'd send Durant. And then in, in that's what I would do if I were the Suns or the Nets. But I don't know how many picks the Nets want in return for Durant. I, I would assume they're looking for a considerable amount, at least, what, three first rounds? Couple Wrong. second rounds. Yeah, you need you would need. I would say if you're if you're the Suns or what whichever team goes after Durant, you need to give up at least a minimum three first round picks and a second round pick, just pick wise, and you're giving up two to three players. Not and that doesn't mean that because that's the value, but that's to max the contract to meet to meet the contract restrictions that you have. Durant is owed. 30 something million, 37, 38 million this year. So you have to make sure the numbers match on the back end or the trade's not going to work because you're not going to, if you're the Nets owner, you're not taking more money and then paying more of a tax on top of that by giving up to rent. You want to pay the same amount or a little less. So I think, I think, well, if you see Durant get traded, I think you see Chris Paul get traded in that because he his contract is massive out there. So maybe you can keep Bridges and you send Aiton and Paul and a couple first-round picks over. That might do it because you get a point guard that's out of his prime. No offense, Chris Paul. And you get a center who's in his prime who is a much better offensive player than Nick Claxton. Though Claxton's been playing well the past few weeks. Um, and you have more consistency on both ends of the court with him. And you so. had somebody that wanted to leave Phoenix initially because he signed a match offer. I forgot what team in the offseason, the, but then they Indiana ma- they Pacers. The Pacers yeah, so, matched it. So, I mean, I think it would be a win-win each way. And because I think that I just don't think there's nothing left with that threesome of A.N., Booker, and Chris Paul. I just don't think there's nothing, anything left they could do with that. Yeah, I'm off the Booker train. I don't think he's as good as we all think he is. He's, he, he keeps getting hurt. Yep. If you're not on the... What are, what are we going to do? We can, he's he not can, as good as we think he is. He gets hurt too much. It's the struggle. The struggle. Well, big news today. A.J. Green, who I'd have to say is probably one of the best wide receivers we... At, in our generation that we got to see has decided to retire after 12 years in the league. So hats off to him. Pretty good career. Never won much. Uh, I think he won what two playoff games, his whole career with the Bengals and Cardinals. So not not much there. His his main team got good as he, 
as he left. And I think he, I almost think he called it quits a few years too late. But yeah, I was quiet about it. I would have. And I respect that in a world where we're on retirement tours. Yeah. I respect. I respect him with his retirement. I respect JJ Watt with his retirement because he did it and said, you know what? I'm done at this is the last bit. And he didn't make a big stink of it throughout the whole season. Like we saw a certain player that I put on our stupid sheet because he did it again. Um, oh, are we talking about your uh, your old boy? Ugh, the scumbag. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting on Mr. Brady to turn into Brett Favre. We're going to have him go to some team like the Jets when he ultimately comes back again. He's going to send – you don't have to bleep me out. I'll say inappropriate pictures within the organization instead of what we're actually sent. And he only difference is instead of Wranglers, he'll be wearing Gucci. Oh <laughs> and Uggs. Don't forget Uggs. Yep. He will be the, uh, the Gucci version of Brett Favre. He's going to keep coming back until nobody wants him to play anymore at all. Oh, my God. Is he going to then steal uh, millions of dollars from the state of Mississippi? Uh, he might. I well, don't know probably... if he need to. He'll just, now that he's retired, he could try to get full custody of his children and just take some of Giselle's money. Yeah, she makes a lot more than he does still. Yeah. Still. Well, he, he, um, so Tom Brady, apparently, uh, I made a bet with my buddy when he retired. I was like, oh, he's definitely going to get right into the TV gig. Next year, be right in it. No, taking the fucking year off. She's not coming in until 2024. So I have to pay my buddy 50 bucks. Asshole. That sucks. Like, that to, that to me kind of leads what Chris just said. He's, he come, come March, he's going to be like, ah, did I do the right thing? I want to go play again. And some team will sign him. Oh, the there's Raiders, somebody out there. There's somebody out there who'll take him. I know they were. If the Raiders saying, don't yeah, trade no interest for him. in San Francisco, but look at if Purdy's out all next year. I mean, I'll when we get more into that side of football, I'll give my opinion on the San Francisco 49ers. But if oh, Purdy's boy. out all next year, uh, Garoppolo could very well be gone. He's gone. He, Sh- Shanahan said there's no possibility of him coming back. So, I mean, who do they have? Trey Lance. And Trey Lance is a bust. Trey Lance. Oh, is he a, sucks. He's like Carson Wentz from the same school, but he never had. He's never going to have that great year. Yeah, Carson Wentz at least had one or two decent years. He had, and uh, then towards a very ACL. good year that led Nick Foles to a Super Bowl, and then he's been subpar at best. Yeah, I, that's what I, happens when you come out of a small school that wins as much as they do. I don't. Well, it wasn't even that. I listened to um, Chris Long's podcast. Yeah. And they were talking about it when he got he tore his ACL. Chris Long said when he came back and started playing again, he goes, you could see it. He was scared of getting hit. He was scared of the injury again. He goes, and that changes guys. He goes, Carson, before that injury, dude is running, throwing it, slinging the ball. Afterwards, it's been more cautious, more dip and dive. And I won't lie, I think Carson Wentz got a the cheap end of the stick with Indianapolis. I thought he did fairly well there. Yeah. He he did serviceable. He did what was put in front of him. And they did well. 
And then this year you bring in Matt Ryan, who sucks, who needs to retire. Um, and you brought in a coach who is apparently the front runner to be the coach again, though he's never coached a game of football until this year. So just be the laughing stock. It's okay. But Tom Brady retires yet again. Hopefully he stays retired. Thank Christ. It's February 6th, Monday. We'll see what happens August 1st. You know he announced his retirement a year after he announced his retirement? I mean... He literally did it. He celebrated more retirement anniversaries than he did wedding anniversaries. It's just rumor. I don't know where I heard it. I might have just made it up right now, but it's rumor spread. Oh, God, that's so true, though. It is very true. Holy shit. Oh, no, and then um, Robert Kraft came out and said that he's he's already <clears throat> talked to him, and he wants to sign him to a one-year deal once the new new uh, new league year starts, which is what, March? Yes. March 3rd or something? Yep. Sign him to a one-day deal so he can officially retire as a Patriot. So I saw that and I saw the comment responses trailing all of that that uh he should um he should retire a uh, New York Giant and have Eli come shake his hand on the podium while he's giving a speech. Oh my god. Since oh Eli and the New god. York Giant to the owner of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, apparently. Should Nick Foles <laughs> be up there too? Yep. Out of all the quarterbacks he could have lost to in a Super Bowl. Had to have been Eli Manning twice and Nick Foles, who oh is a serviceable backup, but that's all he is. Yeah, but he's made a shitload of money. Where is he's he at fun. now? Was he in Chicago this year? Now he went to Indy at the end of the year. No, he was in Chicago, though, to start the year and then went yeah, to Indy. And then he was in Indianapolis to end the season. Who is this? Nick Foles. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, well, <laughs> excuse me. Um, there's no football update for West Virginia because no one cares at this point. Um, West but- Virginia will win no more than four games for the next five years each year, is Michael. Oh, my God. Keeping really Hill Brown was a major setback. I feel bad for the guy. He was not ready for the role he took. And Lions put him in a position to keep him on longer than he should, which ultimately gave him the dagger. And they kept confidence in him. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I, yeah, the way college football works and that the recruiting pipelines and everything, the way the teams looked the last three years, and keeping that same coach on board, he was a hell of a recruiter starting out, terrible coach. But you keep him on board, and you're just going to start seeing decommitment after decommitment, transfer portal being utilized every other day. I just I, I don't think it speaks good things for West Virginia, unfortunately. Sadly, I I think I, I agree wrong. with you 100%. I hope I'm wrong, but it's college football and a few bad years is all you need to ruin a team for 10. Well, let's, let's be honest. Alabama. All three of us understand this one fact. If game three next year in at home is a loss, he will be fired that Sunday. Yeah, should be. You cannot lose to Pitt back-to-back years, and you cannot lose to Pitt in Morgantown. I agree with that. I don't care. The two first games by 700 points combined. If he loses to Pitt, he should be out. 
we'll probably get blown out by Penn State. Let's be honest, because it's I Penn State. Um, and then we play Dayton, so we should beat Dayton. Hopefully, it's. I thought is it Dayton or is it Duquesne? Dayton. <laughs> Duquesne is a DU. Okay. Dayton is a, every, everybody Dayton, kept saying Duquesne. So that's how I was. Dayton I was so is, confused. Dayton is the D with it looks like slashes coming out because they're the Flyers. Yeah, so they're moving quickly. Yeah, it's Dayton. Okay, that's um, good to know. Yeah, and then men's basketball. They're putting out some numbers. They're looking dropping 93 uh and only allowing 66 against oh, um Oklahoma <laughs> the other night. So they're putting together a little bit of a resume to potentially make a run to that tournament. They've got what eight games, eight games left. Yep. <laughs> um you know what? Last week I said they were gonna be crap. They've beaten Auburn. They've beaten ranked teams. Everyone they're going to play besides, I think, one or two teams is ranked. So maybe they find this magic where they beat every ranked team. I don't know. But... I feel like watching them this year, that first eight to ten games, everyone got overhyped because they were playing really well. Yeah. But I think if anything about this team this year, for the most part, wins and losses, they've been consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think for what we brought in, because we brought in a ton of JUCO players. I made a bunch of jokes about it over the offseason because we brought in a bunch of guys that didn't score, and we're still doing okay scoring. We're playing okay on defense. We're not a great team, but March Madness rolls around. If you're in the if you're in the tournament and you're consistent, you can make a run, and it, which is all you can ask at this point for a team that's looked pretty down for a few years now. And they have <laughs> – the Stevenson kid is finally – it looks like he's finally finding his flow in the Big 12. Yep. And we all know Big 12 basketball right now for the past five years has been the best basketball conference in America. So good for him to figure it out. And then the Bell's been playing okay. But who's the kid that's been coming in? The Asian kid, right? He's not a uh, an Asian guy. He's actually from London. Oh, it's okay. Sorry. My bad. Um, he's been He's been – he came in – they the the year he came in he they just he came in from high school he's from the UK he played down in Huntington uh prep school yeah he came in a year earlier than he was supposed to um because he wanted to come and play and get under the training staff earlier than later and right now it's paying off he's blocking shots like uh sags used to back in the day so if he can continue to play that defense is what they've been really looking for. A guy that can play defense down low and get rebounds. Um, Cause that's been the recipe to Bob Huggins success down at W. He's always had somebody that can get the rebounds, do some dirty work and play defense, blocking some shots. Think about when we had Sags Kanate, when Derek Culver was on the team a couple of years back, he's always had that person to do the dirty work inside and I think if he can continue to develop, give him that couple 10, 15 minutes a game off the bench as a spark, Eric Stevenson stays hot, and then another person gets hot alongside with him, we're going to be pretty hard to beat. Um, so, again, I said it last week and the last couple weeks, we just got to take it one game at a time. Every win is a huge win. If it's a loss, it's not Can't that a- bad of a loss because of the fact that Half of those teams were losing to a ranked team. 
their quad whatever the quad one wins or quad one losses you know i mean if we can get i think everyone's been goaling us to get to 18 wins before the big 12 tournament and a lot of people are saying if we can get to 18 which is four more wins so that's half the the schedule then we can we could probably make it into the tourney yeah they play iowa state for, uh wednesday then they're down in down in texas on saturday stay in texas they play at baylor um so let's be straight up every team they're playing besides texas tech and iowa St- oklahoma state are ranked um yeah and i think they're end. ranked in the top like 15 all those yeah. teams yeah yeah yeah, yeah. When two of those, maybe all of a sudden now you're talking bottom of the top 25 with a couple of those big games. They've had the strongest. Move yourself up to the um up the Big 12 calendar. We have schedule. We have one if you don't get ranked after those games, you're still looking at those key wins at the end of the year with the teams on the bubble. Yeah. And you're if you can make say like say Wednesday night, we're we're at home. We know it's going to be rowdy. Let's say we beat Iowa State. We go to Texas and we lose to Texas, which would suck. I hate losing to Texas. Go to Baylor, win at Baylor. Okay, so there we go. We are we're two and three, two and one in the next three games. I'm not gonna say it's a it's an easy win, but Texas Tech, we should beat them. We blew them out. They'll probably play better this time around. There, and it's at home. For us, then the game that we should never have freaking lost against Oklahoma State at the beginning of the year comes back to us. We play them at home uh, on the twentieth of February. We should win that game. You, there's no Marcus Smart in the crowd. There's no reason Eric Stevenson should be grabbing his gonads and yelling at him. So win that game. Then you go to the hardest, one of the hardest places to play. The fog in Kansas, the fog on the twenty fifth. That's a toss up. I'm going to say we lose that one, right? So at that point, you're one, two, three, six, and two going into the final two games. You go to Iowa State. I might say you lose that because going away, playing a ranked team is pretty tough. But then you go home and you finish it off against Kansas State. Another game we should never have lost at the beginning of Big 12 play. So maybe we can make up for those losses that we've had and finish out, you know, five and three in the last. I mean, you had us eight. the idea we would be six and two. That's 20 wins. We're a tournament team if we're 20 wins. You're a tournament team if you hit 19 wins and you make it to the second or third round of your tournament. So if you if we can make it to the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament, I say that we're a tournament team. If we cannot make it to the Big 12 past like the first or second round, then I think you're on a bubble and you're more than likely in an NIT. Just because you're not be able to push through to those bigger teams and you have a bunch of teams ahead of you that are nationally ranked. That's your that's going to be the hardest part for our for us. But I like what I'm seeing. It's better than the football program. Um, 
So we'll see. But we'll jump past that now. Kevin, I hate that team. Why are you wearing that jersey? To make you angry. Perfect. <laughs> Who we got? Who we got tonight? It's just the you. So I think it's Greg Olson. I think he wore 85. Greg Olson wore 85? Possibly. I don't Didn't remember. Did Andre Johnson wear 85? Andre Johnson usually wore like number 80. But this up now. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking this up now. 82 was Greg Olson. Mm. Unless it's Kellen Winslow, which would be damn. Let's see. But while they're looking it up, everyone who's watching the YouTube. Uh, so, yeah, I'm rocking throwback Nike uh, Miami Hurricanes jersey. Uh, I got it from a place where I usually get all my vintage wrestling tees and vintage jerseys. Shout what year is that jersey? Uh, year, year. Let me see. Let me check the other tag. I'm not sure what year. Okay. Why? Because I'm just trying to figure out by the design of the jersey what number it would who would what era it is. Where's a year here? Nope, no year there. These are ugly jerseys. Yeah, but so I just figured. Shout out to the place where I usually get these top shelf kicks over in Jersey. They got a great YouTube channel too. Um, and then I, that's how I ended up finding some of their stuff. So I figured I'd just buy them. It was a little Christmas gift to myself. And yeah, Merrick, while you're looking for who wore number 85, talk about your hat. Oh, this hat is worn specifically to um, piss off somebody on this podcast tonight. Um, it's a Kansas City Super Bowl championship hat from when they won a couple of years ago. I literally got it when I just put in um, a drawing for 47 brand. They do mystery boxes. Nice. So got, got this in an LA Dodgers World Series hat, and I got rid of the Dodgers hat and a Tampa Bay Bucks hat because I didn't want either of those. And I was like, yeah, this one's not as bad. So um, I got this one, kept this one, and seemed to be a, a good idea to wear it tonight. You know, for a certain reason. I don't I don't know why. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> no hate on Big Red. That man has a special place in my heart. I'm happy he won his first, hopefully only Super Bowl title with Casey. But gotta say, I don't really have any bold predictions yet for this game as an Eagles fan. Merritt's wearing that hat to piss me off. Andy Reid is 28 and four after the bye. Three of those losses have come in Super Bowls. Hey guys, you know how stupid we are that we didn't figure out who that who 85 was? Who was it? Ocho. He didn't go to University of Miami. That's what I came up with. I said Ocho Sick. I'm like, no. Or David Ngoku. He was 86 in Miami. 
Him and Njoku went to Miami, but this jersey is like he was by the time he was born. No, he was 85 in Miami. I have a picture of him right here, number 86. They said 85 on the Wikipedia page. He's number 85 on the Browns. I don't know. Number 86 at Miami. When Maybe if I can figure out what year the jersey's from, then I can give you a better answer. I apologize. I just have to take the... Well, here. You know what? Let me look. I'm going to go off camera so I can take the jersey off. No, don't go off camera. Well, no. well it's too late. Well, that's too late. No, no. Who's 87? Reggie Wayne. No. And Dorsey went to Interesting. Cool. Dude, Ray Lewis in college looks scary. Like straight scary. He's got like the half shirt. So is it showing his abs off? I'm like, oh my God. Kevin, I'm super disappointed in you right now. The whole reason Sorry. I joined this podcast tonight was to see you shirtless. Here we are. You've got your shirt off. And no locked the video. camera. I'm so sorry. I don't it would be wouldn't it be good for uh our viewers. We'd have to get censored. <laughs> <laughs> oh hope everyone understands we're going completely off script tonight. So I would say, Merritt, you would check between 2001 and 2004, because this was when this jersey was around. Okay. Uh, uh, I have to say, this jersey does fit me perfectly because I'm so rotund now that, like, this extra large I'm is, so like, perfect. Now. Oh, it's actually a large. Being rotund is underrated. It's like, oh, this is a large from the early 2000s, so, like, literally perfect. It's an extra large now. Where if I can go? Oh, yes. You found it? I'm hopefully going to. Uh-oh. Well, Meredith Michael looking. Stewart. Okay. Was 2000 to 2001. Okay. 2001. What the hell that is. Yeah, he was from Rhode Island. Good for him. Sounds like a NASCAR driver, not a football really player. Really does. Michael Stewart. Tony Stewart? Ennis. Any relation? Crafton. Okay. It was a tight end. So we're one's a wide receiver, one's a tight end. That's 2001, 2002, 2002 to 2003. Ryan Moore, wide receiver. 2003 to 04. Ryan Moore, again. And then we'll do 2004 to 2005. Ryan Moore. So let's just say Ryan Moore. I find we're looking up who wore that jersey from a time frame where um, NIL was not a thing. They yeah. might have honestly just been selling the number 85 because it was popular for no reason other than it was the number 85. I feel like that's always been a popular football number. 
Probably. Is that when, like, also, I'm trying to think back to, like, the 80s when Miami was, like, super big. Was this, like, the year where they got, like, one of their first, like, championships? Maybe 85? I don't even know. All right, well, let's get back to this shit. Sorry. Yeah, we're totally We all do this. Okay. So before we jump into the Super Bowl, let's talk about the newly invented or reimagined Pro Bowl. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on everything from what started last Thursday and finished up yesterday. So I want to get your guys' thoughts before we move on. So, Chris, since you are the avid football person here, thoughts on the Pro Bowl, if we watched any of it or not. So I'll be honest, I did not watch it, but I do have an understanding that they've changed it more from a game to like they do the skills competitions, right? Is that what they're? They did a lot of skills. So like they still do dodgeball. I guess they did a long shot for a driving range, which is weird. Um, But then they have like skills competitions. They do like a catch competition. And then they had a flag football. They had three flag football games. So I didn't watch, but I, I've been saying it for a while. I mean, the Pro Bowl used to be a lot of fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. I remember uh, one year before Sean Taylor passed away when he absolutely destroyed a punter on a fake punt. Oh, my God, I remember Loved that. it. But I've been saying it for years now as I've gotten older. The Pro Bowl is probably one of the dumbest things the NFL ever did. And they luckily didn't see a lot of terrible things happen in it. But you're putting your top tier guys, and before it was guys that were in the Super Bowl because they played it after. Right. You're putting your top tier guys out on a field and letting them hit each other and risking them not being able to play the next year because they tore an ACL or they uh, break their leg. Or it just to me, I, I kept thinking about them. I'm like, what's the point of putting these guys out there and putting them in harm's way? They're already out there right now, 17 games a season plus playoffs. It, it was fun to watch before, but it just doesn't make sense. It seems great until all of a sudden your team who was one game away from the Super Bowl is now down their star quarterback for a year because yeah. he played in a game that doesn't matter. What's it? Does it? I can't remember. Does the winner technically get home field advantage for the Super Bowl or do they not even do that anymore? No, the only team, the only league I think <laughs> that still holds that is baseball. No, yeah, I, I thought so that, I thought baseball stopped that. Did they? Yeah, oh, maybe I they, they did. stopped that a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think baseball switched over to the the higher seed. <laughs> uh, baseball was always more fun when you when it was like that because you you actually put real good pitchers in at the end to try to get the strikeouts. Yeah, but I just don't. I've I haven't seen the point of it for a while. Like it's, it's I think what they're doing now it's gonna lose some viewers. Um, I think maybe the younger generation's kids will watch it more, and then that's all they'll know growing up. So it might gain back viewers. I think it was losing viewers to begin with. But, I mean, I, along with the changes in the league rules to make the game itself safer, because it is outside of maybe like rugby, um, where you don't wear pads and destroy each other. It's one of the most dangerous sports in the world. It's meant to be violent. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't seen a point in putting guys out there for a Pro Bowl display of players to risk them getting hurt. And there's a reason that your top to your athletes, your top quarterbacks, your top running backs, some of the wide receivers were saying, eh, I'm sitting out. I'll let the next guy out play. Now on the other side for the guys that weren't 
they were on that Pro Bowl alternate list, but they weren't the starting receiver. They weren't they, – maybe they're up for a contract year. That game potentially could have showed another team, like maybe this guy's worth taking a look at, but with how much they downplayed it at that point with changing the rules and they can only do – very basic coverages, no blitzing. Um, offense had to have basic schemes. I mean, you weren't, you're not really showing much at that level. Yeah, and well, they, and they went away <laughs> from that this year. This year, they they announced that, like, I'm pretty pretty sure right before the start of the season that the Pro Bowl was going to be more of a skills competition and flag football because that's a growing sport across the nation now. Is flag football? I won't lie, I've I played it up until I moved to New York, and it was a lot more fun than a lot of other sports I've played in my life. Um, but it was a very weird format. It was, it was like, I can understand why they did it because there's a bunch of people. It's Vegas. There was a bunch of people there enjoying it, but like they played three games of flag football, but in between every game, there was a skills competition. It was just odd way to run it. I think, but it, it was fun, you know, I didn't like that it was all the same players on each team. So like I the quarterbacks changed each game for each team, but the rest of the team stayed the same. So I'm like you have a bunch of players. I think every t- every game there needs to be a new lineup in each game. Yeah. So that everyone's playing, everyone's involved. Yeah, you're not going to put a big 350 pounds defensive lineman out there. But he's part of the skills competition. He already knows that he's not going to be playing this. But, like, you have other skills players. Like, put them in there. Um, But also just the Manning brothers, like, they actually made it fun to be a part, like, to watch. They were enjoyable. You know, they were annoying when they play the game. But outside of that, they've – I would have to say that they're pretty fun to watch now. So I I think a lot of the stuff they're doing, too, is just – changes and things that they can make big changes because you got to think football just over the last 10 years the change they made to make it more safe every 10 years i can only imagine the amount of kids that are being allowed to play football is increasing maybe not at a drastic rate but 50 years from now i could see that it's going to be a lot less kids going to college to play ball, which means there's a lot less talent for the NFL. I mean, I don't think the NFL is ever going to disappear, but you got to change things now to keep interest in it. Cause at some point there's going to be, I guarantee you, there will be people that are good enough to play in the NFL and they're never going to figure it out because their parents are going to say, you're not playing that sport. I'm not going to let you risk your life. Well, I think you're going to see the continued evolution of flag football. I think that's what you're going to come to. I think, it's going to go from being the football that we all grew up with watching to getting into a sport that is truly at the basis of it, much less um, violent, but also at the same time, if you're watching it and you're a part of it is still, or even more fun than what's on the field majority of the time, because it's not about like, watching a guy barrel through people. It's about watching a dude. I have a buddy that's six, eight who can dip and get his knee this close to the ground and still keep his momentum going forward to score a touchdown. Yeah. It is awesome to watch these guys do that. I've thankfully been a part of it and watched them and seen really good players and seen people that honestly should be in the football, in the NFL. 
I've played against former West Virginia players and talking to them, they're like, oh yeah, bro. I, I went and played overseas. I played up in Canada because this is more fun playing this <clears throat> than playing at anything else that I've ever played. Yeah. And that comes from a D1 athlete. So I think we're going to get to that point because like you said, Chris, there's less and less kids that want to play football every year, mainly because parents are just going to sit there and say, it's too violent. I don't want to have my son or daughter because girls are allowed to play. No yeah. one's discriminating against that, but they don't want to have that issue come up. So I'm saying you got things like uh, Hamlin with the bills, a freak accident. Yep. But how many parents looked at the TV during that game and they saw a guy get hit guy goes into cardiac arrest too many freak accident he got hit at a bad that, that split second where that could happen and it happened to happen but people see that and it's my kid's not playing football now yep Kevin, what, are you, what are your thoughts i don't really have any thoughts you guys are the expertise on on this stuff here but um i didn't watch any of it i did see some of the, the earlier skill stuff where they played dodgeball on friday which I thought is hilarious. Dodgeball's always been fun to watch with these guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you guys are the ones that know more about this than me. Uh, I just – I let y'all handle this. No, don't take – don't get me wrong. I love the sport. I played the sport. I only played through high school, but, I've, I mean, I've watched the sport probably at least something about the sport almost every day of my life since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. I, I hope that I don't have to live to see the day where it turns into a flag football league because I like the violence. But as a person who's of age who does not have children yet but sees people with children and dates a girl with kids, like I get that from that parental standpoint of like I would not – I don't know if I'd want my kid playing. Yeah, that's kind of where I'd I'm be at. afraid of what could happen. But I like, love the sport. Like I'd let my kids play <laughs> soccer, lacrosse, basketball – my wife and I, we were at a hockey game a couple of weeks ago when our friend's daughter was having a blast. And I went, you know what? If my kid wanted to play hockey. Yeah, it's expensive, but I'd let him play because there's those freak accidents. We all know those happen. But I feel I feel almost more comfortable with them being on a on ice with skates and boards than watching my kid get pummeled on a football field. Football is one of the few sports, and there's hitting in other sports. Like you mentioned lacrosse, hockey, but football is one of the few where it's legitimately here's a ball, the goal is to go hit the guy with the ball. And not just hit him. You want to violently take him down. You want to – I when I was coaching last year, I was a – we'd key in on guys that were bigger guys on the team that we could figure out, like, who can we pop really hard earlier in the game to show the rest of the team to be scared. Yeah. And at one game, we had a guy we were watching tape over and over again. I looked at one of the coaches and I said, look at him. And he goes, yeah, he's looking down the line at the ball every play. It was a lineman. He's staring at the ball with his head turned to the side. We said, we're going to crack block him. We're going to send tight end down to smack him because he's never going to see it coming. He never did. Knock the kid out of the play on the first game. That wasn't the goal. The goal was to scare him. But we told him to tell the guy, go hit him. He's yeah. looking down at the ball. You want to make sure he knows he needs to look up, and then he's going to start jumping off sides. But the rest of the game, the team played scared. 
And that's something you do in football. You're yep. not trying to go hurt someone. You want to be legal. You want to not go super excessive with your hit. But it's football. If you don't hit the hardest, they're going to hit you harder. Yeah. You also don't know what an excessive hit is. It's tough to see because, God, when we watch football during the NFL season, all three of us, when we see a big old hit across the middle or anything along those lines, we're all going, oh, all right. But we don't know the excessive force that's behind it because Chris played up until high school. I never actually played call like any type of regular football. Kevin played no type of regular football, I don't believe. I played flag. I've played lacrosse. I played all these other sports that are violent. I still to this day I'm like thankful that I never played actual football football because I know I would have gotten killed. I know how I felt Saturday mornings after Friday night game. So I could only imagine how it felt on a Sunday morning after a Saturday D1 game or a Monday morning after a Sunday NFL game. Cause you're talking, these guys are hundreds of times faster and stronger than the guys you're playing with in high school. And I, I lined up against the guy for three years of high school and I'm getting drafted second round to the Chicago bears in 2014. I think ego Ferguson jr. Great player in high school. He had never played organized football until his freshman year of high school. He came out of Mims, Florida. Very, His dad was successful. His parents had split up. He lived with his mom in Florida in a very bad area. He came to small town Frederick, Maryland, and started at St. John's where I went to school. And the football coach looked at him and said, hey, you, you're going to practice tomorrow. Because kid's freshman year. He's on five foot ten already and 230, 40 pounds, something Jesus like big boy. Christ. Big boy. And I mean, I played him when he was, when I thought he was good. And then he goes to Hargrave military Academy for a year to get some better trainers, some better coaches, get some more scholarship offers. And he gained 30 pounds in one year. And he went to LSU, which was one of his 47 D one scholarship override scholarship offers. Wow. And he played at LSU for two years and then went to the draft, played, went to the bears in the second round. He only lasted about five years in the NFL, which is it's pretty, pretty solid dealt with injuries, but you know what? Uh, he lasted longer injuries, than the got caught up in that, got caught up in the NFL life, you know, next guy up and he starts using PEDs to try to get back on the field. You get caught, but I don't have, I don't shame him for it. Cause I'm, I mean, between talking to him and talking to other people that I know that know people in the league, it's, they tell you that your starting quarterback, if he gets hurt, they'll still, he'll still come back if he's a star. But if that next guy plays good for four straight games, you might not. You yeah. might not take your spot back. Doesn't matter who you are. Tom, Tom Brady took what Drew Bledsoe's job. Yep. And Drew Bledsoe is one of the best at the time. But and Tom then, Brady comes in when he's on an injury and he runs through and turns into one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback the league's ever seen. Yep. And then you also can use this year's example, and we'll jump into it because Super Bowl is literally six days away now. Um, <laughs> Use the example of Brock Purdy. Great example. Mr. Irrelevant in the past draft should never have touched the football field. We never see Mr. Irrelevance do anything. It's always just a wasted pick. Became, I think he was fourth man on the roster to start the year or start um, training camp. Moved up to third. Good for him. We're probably not going to do anything. Trey Lance is one. Jimmy's number two at that point because... San Francisco <laughs> couldn't trade him, and they restructured his contract so he could play. 
Trey gets hurt in the first two games, right? Yep. Two or three games. Mm-hmm. I think it was the second game. <laughs> and we all know at this point, Trey Lance is not a good court. It's not going to be the forever quarterback there. I think we already figured this out. Yep. <laughs> Jimmy steps in. Jimmy, let's be honest, did pretty damn well for his time at starter. Did what he needed to do. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. No one has any idea where the hell this kid came to school from. Steps on the field and won every game until he gets his arm basically destroyed in the AFC, the NFC championship game. And I think if he doesn't get hurt, that's a much different game. 100%. We might be talking about the 49ers in the Super Bowl. You never know. But so I'm not saying it wouldn't be a different game without him. I agree that injury is huge because it puts Josh Johnson in. Oh and then put Purdy back in who couldn't even move his arm because he's basically got uh, – he's got to get Tommy John surgery now. Um, I had my opinions on the 49ers coming into that game. I had the Eagles as uh, – I think they had them as a – I want to say it was a two and a half or three point favorite. Yeah, they were two and a half favorite because they don't. I had them at 13 and a half. I did the alternate spread. Okay. I bet 20 bucks on the alternate spread before the game started. So when their winning streak started, they beat the Chargers, who barely, uh, who did not win their division and who blew a 27 point lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They beat the Cardinals. Yeah. Everyone knew at the beginning of the year Arizona wouldn't be playing in Arizona in the Super Bowl. They beat the Saints. The Eagles hold the 10th overall pick from the Saints that we traded to them for. Uh, they beat the Dolphins, who were severely overrated. They beat the Bucks, who were 8-9 and nine and snuck into the playoffs because they played in a very bad NFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Seahawks, who I love, Geno, overrated. They beat the Washington Commanders. They gave up 34 points to the Raiders and had to go to overtime to win. And then they beat the Cardinals again. They beat the Seahawks in the playoffs, who had real no real business being there, but they were the second best team and happened to sneak in on the wild card. And then they put up 19 points against the Cowboys when they had two possessions off turnovers that they did not score off of where they started inside the 25 yep. with pretty starting. I good team, 12 game win streak. Impressive. Don't get me wrong. Winning 12 games. in the NFL, That was hard enough in general, winning 12 games straight, even harder, but I'm looking at a team that beat three winning teams in a 12 game stretch. They lost to the bears. They lost to the Broncos. Um, they lost to the Falcons. The only real offense they played all year was the Chiefs, and they gave up 44 points. The defense was good. Um, it was so injured. Purdy being the out whole definitely year. helped. The Eagles still put up 21 points on that defense with ease in the first half. Yeah. And that defense is the number one defense in the league. We had 126 passing yards that game and put up 31 points. You also got away with rushing touchdowns against the number one rushing defense in the league. And three of them were in the first half. You also got away with the (laughs) biggest blown catch ever. That's the sport. 
Oh, my God. Until they showed it after the play, I don't think there was a single person in America that thought it wasn't a catch. And then when they showed the one angle right away, I said, Smith, Devonta played that well. Yeah. Right away, he's telling them, go to the huddle, go to the huddle, go to the – Because he knew he he dropped it. it well because he knew he didn't catch it. But that's the sport. Every other angle you see it from where the ref saw it, I don't think that was one of those, oh, the NFL's rig-type plays. I think the ref thought it was a catch. He called what he should have because it's what it looked like on the field. Oh, 100%. When you took advantage of it. (laughs) When you watch that, you're going, what the hell? And then all of a sudden, two minutes later, you're going, no. And that's my other thing that comes into play with the 49ers. Shanahan is one of the most overrated coaches in the NFL. Should have challenged that. There's no way that team upstairs did not see that. And if you had any gut feeling that it wasn't caught on that fourth and three, because it was a fourth and three, that gives you the ball back. It puts you. It doesn't give the Eagles a touchdown two plays later. What It would have put them on like the 50. or I think we were on like the 50 or the 40. It was, I think, a 20-yard play. Yeah, so. You get the ball back. I, I mean, that big of a game, I think he should have challenged that. Yeah, but Shanahan consistently blows big games. He's in San Francisco. He's almost like Andy Reid in Philadelphia. So he needs he, a fresh start. Is what you're telling me? I I think Purdy is decent. I don't think he'll ever be more than a backup for Mister Irrelevant. He did. A, he had a hell of a year. I hope the guy recovers. I hope he has a very successful career. I think he played in a very quarterback-friendly offense, which I feel is almost the same with Philly. I love Jalen Hurts. Don't get me wrong. We can talk about him in a little bit. But I feel like a lot of quarterbacks outside of Gardner Minshew uh, could do well in that offense. But I just – I never bought into the 49ers hype. I figured we'd win by at least two scores that game. Purdy going out made it easier. I will definitely say it would have been a different game. Um, I think it would have took us till the second half to pull away if he had not been in or if he had been and hadn't got hurt. Yeah. I just – all that firepower on offense, uh, the defense, the names they have on defense, and the fact that most of their wins were close or against very bad teams, I just – I never bought into that hype for the 49ers. Nice. But. Cool. <laughs> well, let's talk about the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. Um, we'll start off with not Alico's team because I don't want to <laughs> – so I just hate them. God. I don't even know. Like, have you guys both seen the meme where it's the map of the United States? It's like the teams that everyone wants to watch to want to win the Super Bowl. Pennsylvania is the Eagles. Missouri is Kansas City. Everyone else, meteor shower or meteor, like whatever, something else. I'm like, yeah, I'm in that category if they could both lose it'd be amazing i'd love it but it won't happen so let's talk about the chiefs let's see our thoughts um kevin you've been quiet for a while because chris and i just keep yapping so you get to go first um so what are your thoughts after the afc championship game now we're six days away from the game the super bowl itself what are your thoughts same thoughts as I have this week. I hope both teams could lose, but if I'm choosing one of the better evils, I'm going to give it to Mr. Mahomes because I don't know. I just feel like 
when you have a great player, you just do what you're supposed to and pull it out. He only has one ring. I think he wants one more. I I think it's going to be a hell of a close game. Uh, final score, 28-24, Chiefs. Oh, boy. All right, Chris. I put a lot of thought into this. It's hard for me to pick a winner because I think both teams, I think they're even. I think uh, Chiefs win the quarterback and tight end battle. Um, I think the Eagles have the better offensive line. The defensive line's a toss-up depending on the day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, Eagles right now have wide receivers that are better than the Chiefs because of injuries. Um, Secondary, I think, would go to Philly. Linebackers would go to the Chiefs. So I think they're pretty even across the board. Have we got an update on Hardman from the Chiefs if he's going to play? It sounds like he's not playing until next year. <laughs> so, that is a big loss right there. But I I mean, I think it's pretty even. I think, obviously, Andy Reid has the coaching experience over Nick Sirianni, um, just in term of, terms of tenure. Uh, Reid has been known to choke in the big game. I was saying it earlier. Reid is 28-4 and four after the bye week including first round by and the bye week, the additional week going into the Super Bowl. Three out of his four after bye week losses are in the Super Bowl. So as much as the man's a genius, and obviously you play in a lot less Super Bowls, but as much as he's a genius at maneuvering that bye in the middle of the season and the first round bye, um, when it comes to the Super Bowl, that's like that bye week doesn't necessarily give him an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Andy Reid's got a lot to play for because it sounds like he potentially might be retiring. Um, his offensive coordinator is looking at leaving, which is a hell of a mistake. That guy should go to head coach. But I don't think if Andy leaves that he takes that spot. Um, I think uh, Sirianni has a lot to play for too. Um, I think uh, – so they say uh, he got let go by Andy Reid and the Chiefs in 2012 which led to him going to Indianapolis, which ultimately opened up the door to his head coaching gig. So this is his prove-it matchup. Kind of saying, I respect you, Andy, but this is what you get for letting me go. I get to Mm -hmm. beat you. Um, I don't think Sirianni is the best coach in terms of play schemes and making game-time decisions (laughs) necessarily. There's a reason. Last year after we got beat by the Raiders, he gave up the offensive play calling to our offensive coordinator. I think him like Doug Peterson, though, is a great team builder. And he's got that Philly mentality of that underdog where we don't care if you like us. Um, I think the Eagles win by 10. What do you think the final score is going to be? Uh, 31-21. Boy. boy. I think either – I think offensive MVP Jalen Hurts won't throw for over 200 yards, but he will rush for over 50. um, And he'll have at least one – one rushing touchdown and two passing. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I think uh, Gardner Johnson, who will be covering Kelsey all day, will be the defensive side MVP, as I think he will be a great matchup for Kelsey. I just um, want the Kelsey I do brothers. I think it's going to be 
I think it'll be a good game all the way through the third quarter. If we do win by what I think it'll be, we'll pull away late in the fourth. Okay. Okay. I can but, respect that. Um, I think Andy Reed, big game, just his record in big games and his time management still is not there. He wasted a challenge very early in the Chiefs game and got very lucky at the end. That there was a late hit out of bounds um, that led them to the field goal to win the game. Uh, obviously, it would have been a tie had that not happened. They would have pushed into overtime, but had that not happened, they did not have the time left and the timeouts to get them into that scoring range. Yeah, they, they got gifted by a stupid mistake on defense. <clears throat> the worst part about that penalty you're talking about, Chris, is if you like watch it, yes, he pushes them, but both of them, their momentum is already out of bounds. Yep. And there's no aggressiveness to that tackle. It wasn't like he's coming in. Mahomes is stepping out. He's coming in from the side. No, he's behind Mahomes. He's chasing him. Mahomes slows up. You can't always – I get the penalty because it's the right call, but at the same time, sometimes you don't call that because of where you are in the game. But also, look at it as a momentum thing. A defensive player is not going to stop that fast. Mahomes, one of the most athletic players in the league, is able to. So I think that that was part of it. To the Super Bowl, though. Like Kevin and I, Kevin already said, I would love for both teams to lose. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> It'd be the greatest thing in the damn world. I haven't. I've kind of gone back and forth. Chiefs or Eagles? Chiefs or Eagles? I'm in the same boat with you, Chris. Wide receivers, the Eagles win that one hands down. If Hardman was playing, I think it'd be a it'd be an even matchup on that end. Fair. I think. I don't even know if it would be that close. I still think the Eagles would have the better matchup. I think they still if he have. Was healthy. I think with they have Hardman, a better matchup. It's definitely closer. It's closer with Hardman, that, though. but I do yes, think closer. But I AJ still think Brown, Devonta Smith alone, or Are, oh yeah, they, one of the best duos in the league right now. They're steps above what they have, what the Chiefs have. Now, if they had Hardman and they still had good old Tyreek Hill, then. Then I'd oh, be talking that, okay, there's, there's way more of a competition there, and the Chiefs potentially have a little edge. Yeah, but with Hardman, that gives them a little bit more of an edge to be closer to what <laughs> the Eagles have on the uh, for wideouts. I don't think they have that, but their play calling is great for that scheme. I give the running back matchup to the Chiefs, Mainly because all three of them that come in there can run the ball and can line up as wide routes. Boston Scott, Miles Sanders are phenomenal running backs for the Eagles offense. Boston Scott is a bruising motherfucker. We all know it. Love watching him play. Giant killer. 12 of his 15 touchdowns in his career against the New York Giants. And then Miles Sanders is a very good back out of the backfield. But I give it to the Chiefs just because they have a three-headed monster. And they could have a four-headed monster if their other guy was healthy. I agree. Tight end, easily. Kelsey is right now the best tight end in the NFL. Yep. (laughs) Hands down. Quarterback, Patrick Mahomes is so far ahead of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the poor man's version of 
Mahomes. I think that's a good comparison. I think early on in his career for now, yeah, I think he – Yeah. I was not a huge fan of Hurts coming into the season, but I will tell you through the season as he's proved me wrong over and over and over again, the guy is definitely not the best quarterback in the league, but he, dude is a dog and yep. he is a leader. I like him. I like him as a person too because what he does off Alabama the field. Alabama made a mistake letting him go. And now they're trying to claim him as one of their players because he's in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> well, technically he is because he was he there. Finished for like, at Oklahoma. He was there for four years. Still finished at Oklahoma. You, um, him, <clears throat> you benched him for Tua and you let him go. That's stupid. Why would you? <laughs> Tua sucks. <clears throat> I hate Tua. Um, Offensive line, 100% Eagles. Any offensive line with uh, Kelsey on it wins. Kelsey's <laughs> definitely, and I'm I'm biased, but I'd say best center in the league. Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in the league. Lane well, Johnson doesn't flaring with a tear, a torn groin, and he gave up zero pressures, zero hits, and zero sacks to Bosa. Doesn't um. Doesn't the Eagles actually line up with two centers technically? We have um, Kelsey and Landon Dickerson, but they play on the at the same He's time. Playing so guard. He's so playing, they they're actually switch. keeping him at guard because of the Jurgens that they drafted this year to take Kelsey's spot because Kelsey ultimately sounds like he's going to retire after this. Should be his last game as an Eagle, but in like the NFL in general, it sounds like both of them. Hertz could technically switch up who he wants because both can play either position very well. Yep. So that's – I give that to the offensive side. Defensively, toss up on the D-line. It depends on what D-line you're getting. Let's be honest, the game against the Bengals for the Chiefs, you went up against a mismatched, <laughs> Band-Aid-ridden offensive line, and Chris Jones finally looked like Chris Jones – um and getting sacks and it's not going to happen come sunday i specifically wanted to play the Bengals over the chiefs because i knew that we would destroy joe burrow well you're not sorry um he would have been running for his life all game it would have uh, looked like last year against the rams oh that's been so sad now it's gonna actually have to be a hard-earned win (laughs) um (laughs) linebackers chiefs get get it (laughs) The backfield, though, the corners, the safeties, hands down, Eagles take it all day. Especially when I think three of those guys on the Chiefs are rookies. Yep. So those guys are going to really need to step up, and they're going against two of the best wide receivers in the league at this point. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, pull it out by the smallest of margins and it's going to be a 30 to 28 victory. And the only reason for that is that there's going to be one screw up. I think, I think it's going to be come down to a safety. I think someone screws up that big in the Super Bowl, And that's, I hope it's a great game. I don't know if I'll actually watch the game um, because of the teams that are in it. But it'll be interesting for sure. But I'll probably watch it for the next part of this, what I have listed here for the halftime show. Hoping for a good game regardless. I obviously have my team that I would pick all day. 
Well, it's, uh, we... it could potentially for me be a very life-changing moment because I've spent the last 10 years of my life hating Howie Roseman for his terrible draft picks, most recently passing up on Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rieger. Yeah, I know. Nobody listening knows who he is. <laughs> we all know who either, he is. And I watched him play for three years. Um, but looking at it now and looking into things that I didn't realize before, just 10 out of 11 of the Eagles starters on offense were drafted by Howie Roseman. Yeah. Um, the defense has some drafted, and he picked up some players. Hassan Reddick, who Detroit was ready to walk away from, and from what we gave him, we got him for a steal, which means no one either he really wanted to play in Philly or no one else was going after him, and he he should have been the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. I think he's proved that the whole playoffs as he did through the season. He got snubbed. He doesn't care. He wants a Super Bowl. Um, we got Bradbury from New York. New York didn't want him anymore for a reason. He came in and he showed New York they should have kept him. Uh, Gardner Johnson from New Orleans, they were referring to him as essentially a locker room cancer and they gave him up cheap. And he's turning into somebody that should get a big payday. He had six interceptions and he missed five games. He led the league. He was tied, I think, with three other players to lead the league for interceptions. And he was the only one that missed that many games. Jesus. Um, so in my mind, he's the interception king for the year because he was tied for first and he missed five games. So and that technically gives you that edge. But this team is just – Eagles are – if they win this year, they're doing a new model that I think some NFL teams are going to start following because we've shifted from the Bill Cowers and the Belichicks of the world that wanted complete control of the team. And I mean, you still got like Andy Reid and some other guys around that have that complete control and are doing well. But if the Eagles win this year in five years, they've won two Super Bowls, both with coaches in their second year and both with coaches that had very little control over the whole operation. Oh, so you mean the third year they're going to let him go, right? <laughs> they'll let him go by the fourth year. He'll have a bad year after the Super Bowl and then they'll let him go and bring somebody green in again. But the second Doug Peterson wanted too much control, and I kept saying this, and Doug Peterson's a – I think he's a hell of a coach. What he did in Jacksonville this year is insane. Turn them around from a, what, two- or three-win team and Urban Meyer creating that super toxic culture into a 9-8 mm-hmm. and eight team that not only made the playoffs but got a home game. Yep. Right? And, and pushed Kansas City to a certain point in that game. I thought that they were going to pull it. I thought Jacksonville had a chance to pull it out. And they did for a while until the end. Um, but Doug Peterson is a hell of a coach. He's, like I said, him and Sirianni have certain traits that match up. They're guys that people didn't want. They're underdogs. They're team builders. They know how to treat players right and how to get players to buy into the team they want. And at the NFL level, with how good these players are, uh, you don't need guys that can call plays better than everybody else in the league. You need guys that are good enough to call plays but you need guys on the field that know what they're doing and guys that buy into a system. Cause then you have those cornerbacks and those linebackers and the running backs and the wide receivers that are essentially telling the coaches what to call because they care about their team and they see what's on the field and your wide receiver is going to say, they're doubling me over here all day. Give the ball to the other guy. If you can build that culture, you're going to, you're going to win. If you don't build that culture, you do the opposite, and you got the number one receiver, the coach calling the bad plays, and the number one receiver is going to say, I'm sitting out if you don't give me the ball. Like, 
but the Eagles have figured out something with these coaches. Sirianni, when that first press conference, stuttering, repeating himself, everybody was la- they were laughing him out of the league before he even coached the game as a head coach. Well, he's done pretty. I still damn don't well. think he's. I don't think he's a top ten coach. I think he built a great team and has a bunch of good players. Um, I I don't feel upset that he wasn't a coach of the year candidate, minus the fact that he beat. Doug Peterson and absolutely destroyed the ball twice. But I do think he had a better team than both of them. So, I mean, but he's a good guy in a spot that can lead that team and keep that talent on the same page. Cause that's a lot of teams that have the guys that we have this year, they fall off track because they have too many me, me, me guys and not a coach that can't control it. (laughs) Well, now let's talk about the fun part of the Super Bowl because Let's be honest, two out of three of us don't really care about the results. Um, Rihanna will be our halftime performer, as we all have known for quite some time. I won't lie. I am extremely excited to see her back up there performing um, on one of the grandest scale on the grandest stages of, you know, of the world for the Super Bowl. What about you guys? What What are your thoughts? It'll be good. I just hope she brings like I, I look at a thing like the Super Bowl. You guys just gotta bring out the bangers. Don't don't try to promote your new album. Bring out the bangers that everybody loves. It'll make everybody happy. Don't try to complicate things. Definitely agree with that. I hope she just comes out and starts killing it. I've been very well behaved this show, but I just need to ask what's the over under on how many nip slips? I, I'm going to go with zero. I'm going to go zero. Send it at zero. I'm sitting at zero. <laughs> that, that, that stuff don't pass no more since, what, 2004 with uh, Janet Jackson just going, whoop. Yeah. They're going to make sure nothing like that ever happens again. So it took forever for finally, like, MTV to get, like, control of mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. So yeah. they'll or- make sure none of that happens again. But – I'm curious the over under on how many guests if she does bring any with her. If Rihanna brings any guests. Oh man. There's always a surprise guest. But I bet it's gonna be Baby Daddy. Baby Daddy? Well, whoever her baby daddy is, I can't remember her name. Her husband, whatever he is. Um, I don't keep that up that much with pop culture anymore. Rihanna is pregnant. ASAP Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe ASAP pops up. Um, I could see that. Doesn't she? She has um, Chris. No, I would say Chris Brown, but <laughs> never mind. I mean, that realistically, uh, Jay-Z and Kanye could be potential based on songs she's had. Kanye um, won't be there. Yeah, I was listening. I was, um, my girlfriend was getting a tattoo at her cousin's shop the other day, and uh, uh, what song came on? Through the Wire came on, and I was like, oh, back in the day before Kanye bumped his head and went wild. Yep, he was crazy back then, too. We just didn't pay attention because his music, not was what he is good. today. Today, he's bat shit needs to be locked up and wrapped up in a straight jacket in my opinion but we don't need to go that far off topic <laughs> no and with that 
Kevin, get us out of here. Or did we miss anything? Yes, we did. Oh shoot! What did we um, miss? Number one, we missed your trivia. But number I, two, no, no, no. I have trivia. Don't worry. Um. So I know you said there's nothing going on about our football program, but this came through. So if you guys didn't know, of uh, the Mac, our Mountaineer Athletic Club, which is like the donors club, they put bids for oh, anybody jerseys. to bid on the, uh. The country roads jerseys looks like they all they must have not told the players because Zach Frazier, one of our starting linemen, uh, came out with a little tweet no, today. He wrote, "I play my heart out for this state. I'm sick right now. I would have paid way more." Then $600 for my own uniform. I wish I would have known. I'll pay double to whoever bought it. Please reach out. You've got to be kidding me. They decided to sell the game-worn jerseys of our players without telling our players. That is so messed up. Like, you're telling me you couldn't find any extra jerseys or get with Nike that they could just, like, maybe get some extra sent their way or have them sign it or a game-issued jersey. I'm just – I cannot believe that you would not tell your players that they were doing that. I know you're trying to raise money. You're trying to do the right thing, get some money in for your team. But how do you not – how do you miss on that? How do you miss on that? And – for the fact, for someone like Zach Frazier, who possibly has a chance of getting out of our school and going and being to the NFL, a draft pick and making it, that's a miss. That's a very big miss. Can we yeah. just stop ruining relationships with not just our alumni, but now with our current players? Because, like, let's be honest, we have the biggest name in sports right now who's not an NFL player, covering a bunch of NFL games, a bunch of college games. He was at the Pro Bowl, and he does nothing on his podcast or his show that's West Virginia-related. That's Pat McAfee. Let's not screw shit up even more. Yep. Like, I'm sorry. Y'all ain't getting money from me. You screwed this up. Yep. Like, come on. Get- yeah, I, I was saw that pull up come up on the Twitter feed. I could not believe they they did that. I just that's a huge why would you not I'm just surprised. Why would you not just give those jerseys to the players? Like that's their jersey. Like their jersey. Yeah, that's like if they I can't believe it. If they told still if they came up to sales and told them, Oh, we we bid your jersey out and someone bought it. Dude, he would kill somebody. His dad would sit there and be like, uh-huh, yeah, no. That's ours. That's already framed. That's already put up in the house. Like, these guys killed for this stuff. Like, they literally fought to have these jerseys. Yep. And, like, you know that according to the athletic department, according to everyone that's involved – that's going to be a jersey that's going to be on sale in the near future for yep. everyone to have. So why do this? 
I mean, and, and it's things like this that's just going to step us farther and farther behind the line. You, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You, you got to think about some of these decisions. Who, and In my opinion, whoever thought about this fundraiser, they should have picked. I mean, if they want to give out some game jerseys, if you want to, from your walk-ons that had some, I get it. But you didn't even think about to take a look at some of your starting players that are bleeding and sweating, trying to put this team and make them respectable right now. The fact that you like had the audacity to keep not to put that number for a bid. Uh I'd uh that that one's that sucks. That sucks a lot. Yep. All right. Well, I guess with that, I'll just go to our trivia question because now I just feel pissed off. Um what artist had the most watched Super Bowl halftime show to date? The date. To date. It's a good question. I know it's a really good one. Was it last year? No. No. Okay. But I'll tell you this: it's been in the past ten years. I was gonna say. I would think it would have been Beyonce, right? Okay, I have a second guess. Since it's not the person that I think it was, was it when Prince performed? And honestly, I don't know. I, well, all right, Rolling Stones. I I'm, mean, I'm looking at the shows. If this is accurate, as this is accurate, and I'm not looking at rankings, I'm literally looking at shows in the last 10 years. I looking at these names, I would have to say it was JT in 2018. Nope. Whoa. Wow. That's impressive. 2015. Katy Perry and Missy Elliott. Really? Mm -hmm. That was a good show. I'll give them that. That got us left shark. Remember, the left shark or right shark not knowing the dance moves. So there's that, and it's also (laughs) I remember that one. That was a good. That was a good. That was a good one. Yeah. That was when Katy Perry came out only that huge ass lion, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yep. was a that was an underrated good show because you gave a, a a little bit of everything. Yep. All right, Kevin, get us out of here so I can go to bed. All yep. right, cool. So literally just on time. Chris needs to be off here at nine thirty. Oh my god! Uh, so shout out to Chris for joining us. Uh, the last half of the Quacks of the Panda. So we appreciate your greatness, your expertise. Um. So thank you. I enjoyed listening to your football expertise. For someone who hasn't played the game of football and doesn't really know as much, I appreciate the knowledge you drop. That's why you guys didn't hear me for the whole second half of the episode because sometimes I, it's just good to just sit back and listen to the best do what they do. So, Chris, do you want to point out any social media handles for people to follow you at? Uh, I'm pretty much off social media. I just got to say don't follow that Merritt Peasley guy. Okay. I, no I lived with them. It's it's not worth it. All right. No worries. So <laughs> it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. For those for those that are watching on our YouTube page, uh, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to it. It is at the Manly Musings Podcast. Make sure you listen <laughs> to us on all platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, 
and Amazon Play, where uh, you want to follow Merritt at his Instagram at Merritt underscore P. You can follow me at my Instagram at kquava624. Follow the podcast Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. And uh, yeah, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Eat a lot, drink a lot. Do y'all. Peace. Thank you.